VoiceAmericaHealth.com. Have you ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with, while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. The show is Human Behavior. What a trip. And we have an interesting guest today. His name is Barry Livingston. And some of you may know something about him already. Barry Livingston is one of the few child stars who turned early, early success into a lifelong career. And he was one of the kids on the My Three Sons show. And he's been uh, in show business for uh, all of his life, starting at age seven, I believe. So I'd like, uh, Barry Livingston, I want to thank you for being a guest today. Thank you. Thank you for and having me. My pleasure. And so we're going to learn about you and uh, people like you who were kids and what happened to them as they grew up. So, so where would you like to start? <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. It's okay. A good place. Uh, well, you know, I, my career began... In the mid-50s, I, I did a film. First thing I did, I was about five years old, actually. Uh, uh-huh. A film called Rally Around the Flag Boys with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward playing uh-huh. uh, one, of, one of their kids. Uh, the tribute the other who was played one of their sons, my brother Stan. Uh-huh. We both, years later, went on to become uh, both on My Three Sons. We both, he was Chip. But um, uh-huh. anyway, yeah, that was the very first job. And... Uh, I guess the real the real asterisk next to that title is uh, I was fired from that shop because during the shoot my eyes started to cross and uh-huh. the uh, producers decided that Paul Newman's son wouldn't wear glasses, which it was prescribed for me that I that I needed glasses. So yes, uh, yeah, I was unceremoniously just shown the door, and um, that was my my welcome to Hollywood. Yes, so I would imagine your parents had something to do with your. Being in show business, because you couldn't, uh, as a five-year-old or a seven-year-old, do, do it on your own. So tell us how uh, it was that they were willing or eager to have you be this actor as a young boy. Well, there was a, a little bit of a show business connection, but nothing that really, you know, greased the wheels to getting on a TV series. My my parents owned movie theaters in Baltimore, uh-huh. and. Uh, so, you know, they were familiar with films and stars and loved entertainment just in general. And, uh, you know, uh, it's no, I have a book, The Importance of Being Ernie. It's out yeah. there. Um, so there's no big secret. My mother was, my mother was a stripper in one of my dad's theaters. He was, uh, she was a, you know, a, a fan dancer in, you know, Gypsy Rose Lee style. So uh-huh. she was the, uh, she was a pretty flamboyant young lady and had show business aspirations and, you know, they didn't turn out for her. Obviously, that's not a not a great future for fan dancers. And so, anyway, um, some of that probably transferred into her having seeing an opportunity to get us into television when my family moved out here in the 1950s. And uh-huh. so that was, you know, parents were were somewhat of a, you know, obviously they have to take it to the auditions and be there with you on the set. So, but yeah, 
you know, their their interests were definitely oriented in entertainment. Uh huh. And how were they as parents for you overall? Great. Yeah, you know, I mean, my mom was a barrel of laughs. She swore like a drunken sailor, you know, and that entertained all of my friends. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they were an odd couple. You know, my dad was a very cerebral, you know, was at NYU when he was 16 studying law. You know, he's a very bright guy. But wait, wait, wait. He, he, was, he was in law school at the age of 16? That's right, yeah. He, was, he went to NYU when he was 16. In fact, he finished his uh, studies before he could take the bar exam. Wow. And then uh, decided not to go into law. Uh, uh-huh. he, but, you know, he had some issues, and he... He really never lived up to the the expectations certainly his family put on him and even or himself so. because he never really followed through with with the he had tremendous academic intellectual gifts and um wound up actually selling you know furniture for a living so uh-huh. <laughs> go figure and how was he with you emotionally well he was you know he he was a quiet guy. You know, no doubt about it. He was he used to drive my mother, who was a you know the the opposite. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he had bouts with depression, and uh, but he was a sweet man. You know, uh-huh. uh, you know was you know if you had a question about anything academic, languages, math. Uh-huh. I mean, he was just a great tutor, so willing to give of himself in that regard. Uh-huh. He was you know loving dad. Again, he just had his issues and never kind of you know, uh, translated in any kind of meanness at all towards my brother and I, and uh-huh. even towards my mother. It just, he would retreat into a shell, and, and that part of it was, was frustrating, yeah. I think, for everybody in our family. Yes. So, um, when you became a, a young TV personality, how was that for you? Did Was it fun for you? Did it seem extra special? Did it seem very well, yeah, uh, well, so-so? Uh, my brother preceded me into the business. You know, his his uh, we got started actually. You know, the real way we got into the business. People always wonder how do you get into the show business. Well, yeah, no how do you? There, there really is no one answer. And our 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 answer is we used to go to a swim school, and my brother and I used to go, and they'd take pictures of the kids there. Uh, the newspaper, the L.A. Times, would run pictures, you know, just of, of the kids doing crazy stunts underwater, riding tricycles across the bottom of the pool. And, and uh-huh. the producer saw my brother doing one of these stunts and hired him to be the stunt double for the little boy in Lassie at the time. Uh-huh. And so that was the, you know, that was the door that kind of cracked open a little bit that he suddenly got a job, you know, and, and it's a fairly well-paid thing. And I think the light bulb went off in my mother's head. It was going, you know, she's got time, uh, the kids are cute, you know. Uh, we got an agent, and my brother started to to go ahead and and get some work almost immediately. Beyond his, you know, his one drowning for for little Timmy and Blassie. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, you know, he, he wound up doing a lot of stuff, and then we we got onto the Ozzy and Harriet show, uh, Stan first, as one of the little neighbor boys in the neighborhood, and uh-huh. the Nelsons knew me just from seeing me on the set, and you know. Uh, and I was also working. I did the Dick Powell Theater. I did a Danny Kaye special. You know, these things are just go so far back, you know, way, way back into the 50s. Yes. And so, you know, um, and I saw my brother then go on My Three Sons. And, you know, it's like he hit the lottery. You know, it was like the jackpot. And being yeah. a younger sibling, I, I, you know, I, I think I wanted a little taste of that fame pie. You know, it looked pretty good when all the, the little girls at the swimming pool now or, you know, all the Twitter when Stan would arrive. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I think that that lit a fire 
you know, in me to go, I, I think I could do that. And, uh, you know, and so it wasn't like, you know, consumed me, but it was one of those things that I thought, that looks like fun. I, I wouldn't mind that. And lo and yes. behold, a few years uh, after I was, uh, I went on to the Ozzy and Harriet show to replace my brother as the little boy next door and got my very first guest star billing uh, from the Nelsons. They were a terrific yeah. family. I used, to, I used to love watching the uh, Ozzy and Harriet show. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's I, the longest was, running. I thought it was great. So uh, I'm curious, ever. how was Ozzy Nelson and when you were with him, not playing a role, but just talking to the guy? Well, he was a great and he was a great family man, and he really liked me, and he liked my family, and he uh-huh. was very warm, and and you know, we would, uh, you know, uh, he would at lunch because he directed, he wrote, he starred, he produced all those shows. So he was actually yes. one of the very first television auteurs. And uh, you know, at lunch, he'd go in and look at the dailies, which are the you know the, the footage that was shot the day before. It's rough cut, but you know, he'd always yeah. invite me in and. There'd always be a big bowl of chocolate ice cream waiting for me and him because he liked that. Uh, he was a very sweet, thoughtful guy. And, yeah. of course, it was fun <laughs> to be around Rick Nelson, who at that point in his career was one of the top rock and roll stars in America. So it was uh, very exciting to be around them. Yeah. So uh, you were friends with Rick and he was, he was nice to you? You know, Rick was... Again, that's why Stan and I were on the show. We were the kids, the little kids that, that sort of Ozzy would take fishing and go to the malt shop with. And, and you know, because yeah. Rick was at that point probably late teens, early 20s. Dave yeah. was, you know, a little older. So, uh, and this was probably, you know, the 14th, 15th year that that show was on the air. It was on for 16 years. So, um, you know, they had to have storylines for for Ozzy to do something, because he never did anything during the day. Nobody knew what he did for a living, except go yes. out to the malt shop with the little kids, which, um... Yeah, yeah, so and he wore a tie a lot, too. that? He would wear ties with uh, either a sweater or a jacket, most often. Well, they were the epitome of, yeah. of what people thought the 50s really was, which, you know, yes. we all know wasn't. But, you know, it was yeah. Robert Young sitting around in a tie, and the mom in a dress and the house looking perfect and and oddly yes. enough my three sons was the show that was one of the first breaks away from that and uh you know it was a it was number one it was a single dad he was raising three yeah. boys the house was always yeah. in disarray the nanny who at that point was William Frawley who played Bub uh you know yeah. was a crotchety cranky old guy uh you know yeah. it wasn't this this house that was impeccably kept and everybody uh you know, dealing with their problems in, in very compartmentalized, wonderful ways. It, the, the dog was, you know, sleeping on the sofa. I think it was probably, yeah. I mean, this sounds, this, this sounds crazy for anyone who, who wasn't born in that era or is yeah. born now, but it was revolutionary, you know, in that era just to show people, like, you know, dishes. And that was something that the director and producers thought, let's, you know, let's show the house. People vacuuming and people darning, you know, folding socks and the laundry's on the sofa and, you know, the dog's on the sofa. And, and yes. honestly, I think the American public looked at that and recognized themselves. They went, that's closer to us, really. You know, that looks yeah. more like our household than, than the Anderson family or Father Knows Best or, or the Nelsons. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that was something My Three yeah. Sons, in its own way, was one of the first of those kind of shows. So wh- when you were a kid in the show... Was it fun for you? Was it? 
Well, you know, it was a blast. Or was it tedious at times or what? I was there with my brother, you know, that was as a younger brother. That was, you want to be with your older brother. And he was, he was a good guy and I loved being around him. So, and then I knew everybody else, you know, I knew William Frawley and, and it was great to come on to a show that was already a huge hit. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, do a pilot and then you cross your fingers and wonder if this, this is going to find an audience. When I came on in the fourth year, you know, the show was uh, one of the top rated shows of, of television and, uh, you know, a very, very uh, popular show with everybody. So, yeah. so that was fun. And, and um, yeah, I just loved working. I loved acting as a kid. Yeah. I, and how many years were you on that show? I was on it eight total. Okay. And so during those eight years, you had a, uh, a private tutor t- uh, teaching you stuff for school in between yeah, scenes? Yeah, we had when we were working, and that was probably about, you know, it was about seven to eight months out of the year. And then... Uh, and then my parents, again, wisely, I think, you know, in retrospect, decided we should go to public school and not go to the Hollywood professional school where so many other the child actors of that era would go, you know, yeah. to, keep them, to keep them away from the horrors of public the public school system. I think my uh-huh. parents wisely thought they need to be with the real world and their real peers and learn what life is like, and you know, from other kids. And they're seeing a lot of different lifestyles and 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 uh, you know levels of financial hardship you know i mean it wasn't all just just a wonderful little place in hollywood so anyway that was you know presented challenges uh-huh. uh being famous and then going back to the public school system but uh you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger i guess so how was it for you when you uh would go back to the public schools for a few months every so often well, it was a uh, how are you? Challenge. How are you? How are you uh, treated by the other kids? Were you? Um, yeah, it was across the spectrum. Some some were some were overly friendly because they were impressed that you were a star. Some couldn't care less. Some wanted to punch you in the nose. Uh, you know, it's probably it's probably like every other kid, only amplified by you know by a thousandfold because everybody in the school knows who you are because they they've seen you on TV. Yeah, you were a star, basically. Uh, I was well known, definitely. It was a very, very yeah. popular show, and you couldn't get around the fact that that most of your peers had seen you, and they would sometimes confuse Ernie, the character I was playing, with Barry. And Barry, Barry was yeah. pretty much, I, I was pretty shy. I mean, I, I wasn't a real outgoing, you know, gregarious, extroverted kid. I could turn that on, you know, and learn how to do that as an actor, and and to get jobs, but, but in the real world, it was a little sketchier, a little, you know, not a little more unpredictable. So, uh, you know, it's not like a script that's following and it happened, you yeah. know, and, um, that was a challenge. So when you were a kid, did you have time to play little league baseball and stuff like that? Yeah, I tried to do some of that. You know, um, we moved to an area out in studio city here and there was a park literally right on the other side of our fence. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I played some flag football. I got into a little bit of, uh, baseball, which I loved as a kid. I loved the Dodgers. I loved uh-huh. Sandy Koufax was my idol and Mari Wills of the six, 1960s era Dodgers. Um, so, um, that was great. You know, I, I, again, my parents, I think, were trying to keep things as normal as possible. I don't know whether they were consciously going, ooh, this will be the antidote to being yes. famous or not, but that's really, what it what it turned out to be yeah. it was it was a great thing okay we're going to take time out for a, a minute break or so all right 
A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, and I'm back with my guest, Barry Livingston. So, Barry, um, you got to uh, interact with a lot of the legends of show business, and I have uh, some of the guys and gals who you uh, spoke with and who visited with. So I'd like to ask you, for example, with Elvis Presley, how -hmm. is he for you? How, How did you find him to be? Uh, well, you know, again, I should preface this by I wrote all about, you know, not just my time on My Three Sons, but all of the famous people, Jerry Lewis and Elvis and Myrna Loy yeah. and all kinds of other people in the book, the important yeah. thing, Ernie. Um, and yes, Elvis was, uh, was you know, it was a surprise, just accidental run in with Elvis while, while I was working on a, a movie called My uh-huh. Love with Debbie Reynolds. And I had uh, time that I was walking around a lot, just killing time, and I came across him. Gigantic yeah. white long limousine, and and you know the back door is open, so you know that's just an invitation for a ten year old to peek in, and and it was just you know this, this amazing looking vehicle, and then uh, heard Elvis's voice behind me, and and he was standing over me and asked me how I liked it, and apparently they had just tricked it out for him and put a TV in and all uh-huh. kinds of you know high tech things in that era. That was that was amazing to me, and so. Uh, yeah, you could see I was loud, and so he hopped in and said, uh, you know, do you want to come for a test drive? We're going <clears> to <throat> run it around a lot, and so I did. Yeah. So Elvis and I kind of, you know, we had a, a, about a 15-minute little slow cruise around the Paramount studio lot, and yeah. flicked on the TV. We watched Popeye. It was all very cool. My my sense is Elvis was a very nice guy. Yeah, I think he was a very uh, gentle person. That's what I yeah. got. He's quiet, very, very um, polite, yeah. you know, uh, seemed somewhat genuinely interested in who I was and what I was doing. You know, we yeah. didn't have a whole lot of conversation. He seemed like he was, 
you know, he was kind of lost in thought and kind of relaxed and, you know, yeah. watched Popeye kind of silently, you know, and uh, a little chit-chat. You know, it wasn't wasn't any great meeting of the minds, but yeah. all in all, he didn't have to invite me in. He didn't know who I was. Maybe he'd seen me, and probably, I, you know, I, I was already pretty famous from being on uh, the Ozzy and Harriet show, and I had just yeah. done a movie with Jackie Gleason and... Uh, and I was working on this film with, with, uh, and I did uh, the Aaron Boy also at, with Jerry Lewis. So yeah, I was probably more famous than I, you know, re- realized. And yeah. uh, it was cool. It was, it was an amazing little journey. Yeah. So was Jerry Lewis somewhat of a maniac at times? He was manic. You know, I do yeah. recall him being extremely manic. Yeah. Uh, just running from like you know ping ponging around the set, and, and yeah, uh, he was you know. Nice to me. We had a little one of a, a little funny little sketch we did, and uh-huh. has gone on to become one of his classic routines, where he's in the candy store and I make him go up and down a ladder to get jelly beans. You know, fifteen yeah. or fifteen times. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, he was he was he was another interesting dude. Yeah. So and then I I picture Demi Reynolds as probably being somewhat maternal with you. Yeah, she was. She was, and I I think she. She said something very nice to my mother. She took my mother aside once and said, Barry has natural comedic timing, uh-huh. uh, which that, you know, coming from her, who, you know, and she certainly, I think, was pretty well versed in what, what took to be a professional and who was good and who was better than good. Uh, yeah. That was a, that was a nice compliment, you know. I, I to this day, I, I think that was one of the nicest things that, that anybody has ever said about me. Uh, and so, and it, yeah, that was very sweet. It was, yeah. And then M- Mickey Rooney, how was he with you? Uh, you know, Mickey, I did this, uh, this Dick Powell theater. It was a show called Somebody's Waiting. In fact, Mickey won the Emmy that year for, for that performance. Um, and he was, he was another guy, full of energy, just, just nonstop bustling, yeah. full of energy. Uh, he was, you know, we had a scene where he was a sailor, a mer- merchant marine on leave for the weekend, a very lonely guy. And, eventually gets into a fight and gets stabbed and I come across him in the alley and I remember they shot it. The way they tried to shoot it was they didn't tell me that, that they had rolled the cameras yet, you know, and they were thought they were going to try to get a, a real reaction from me and that there was somebody said, Oh, you know, ride your bike down that alley. And of course, you know, I went, oh, okay, you know, and then I come across Mickey who's laying on the ground and got, you know, fake blood coming out of his mouth and he's going, little boy, help me. Help me, uh-huh. little boy. You know, and, and I'm, I'm going. Well, I know they're filming this. You know, it was that, yeah. by that time I was pretty, pretty savvy to the set, set, even though they didn't say action. And you know, I, I did my thing. You know, I yeah. did what was required, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that was brilliant. That's great." You know, going, well, whatever. You know, that's, I just did what they said to do in the script. So uh, there, okay. but he was funny. He was a funny yeah. guy. And then another luminary is Lucille Ball. How is she with you? Yeah, Lucy was cool, you know, because Lucy used Lucy owned the, the studio. In fact, where my three sons was filmed, uh, she owned uh-huh. Desi Lou Productions. So Desi Lou was Desi Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball. Yeah. By that time, after the divorce, she had just assumed total control of the lot. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she was doing the Lucy show at that time, and was you know the kingpin. She you know she had a bunch of shows on the air. She had Hogan's Heroes and uh, Star Trek was one of her shows. Um, yeah. My favorite Martian. So, uh, but I used to see her zipping around the lot in her golf cart, you know, and cigarette uh-huh. dangling out of her mouth and bandana around her neck and, and whiz by me, right, Barry, and she's all that gravelly voice. And 
the first time I heard her yell my name, I, I practically fell off my bike because uh, I was, you know, among millions and millions of people, a big fan from the I Love Lucy shows, you know, with the Fred Mertz era and yeah. Desi. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that, that took me by surprise. And then I got an offer to come in and be on the show, and I did uh, a couple episodes where I was a recurring character. I was Arnold Mooney's son. Uh, Mr. Mooney was the Gail Gordon, the bank president, and so uh-huh. uh, I did a couple episodes. And then I got uh, put under contract by the people at My Three Sons to be on the show. And so even though uh, she actually requested me to come on a couple more times, uh, uh-huh. the scheduling just couldn't be worked out. So Yeah. yeah. And what what about Jackie Gleason? How was he with you? Drunk, you know. <laughs> just, that's my, 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 I just remember it being very jolly. Yeah. Crashing his golf cart once, uh, just just being bigger than life, and and that was another one of my idols. I mean, I growing up with my parents, that was one of the treats of our house was to get to stay up late, like eleven thirty. The reruns of the Honeymooners mm-hmm. would come on, and yeah, you know, that was that a great was, show. That was, that was one of my favorite childhood memories of just you know just having yeah. belly laughs at midnight with your with your parents. That was uh, so that was that was terrific to get to actually to work with him. Yeah. So in in my uh, information I got from you, uh, it says here by the time uh, you made your first blooper appearance on the Dick Van Dyke Show, what what was your blooper appearance? Well, it wasn't a blooper appearance. I mean, I was on the show, and um, one of the one of the glitches was I kept breaking up laughing. Uh, oh, I see. The, the little boy who was on the show played his son. Storyline had us bringing me into the bedroom to show show his dad, Dick Van Dyke, sleeping in some crazy wild pajamas. And every time they did the pajama r- reveal to the audience uh-huh. and to us, we started giggling, and we weren't supposed to giggle. And so Carl Reiner, uh, who was the creator of the show, and you know, came out and gave us a very kind of a little quiet scolding and told us to be professionals. And, of course, then we broke up laughing again. And, you know, um, but he kind of understood, you know, we were kids. Eventually we got the shot, and... No big deal. Yeah. So then you were also on uh, Two and a Half Men. Well, you're jumping oh, again about three decades. Yeah, and I, I've had a long, long career. And, you know, in the middle part, again, in the book, you know, I talk about the, time, the times that I wasn't, you know, I've always acted, sometimes not in the spotlight, you know, a lot of theater that I did in, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and that's, you know, how I made my living, but certainly uh-huh. there's some ups and downs and but uh, but you know the yeah the last ten twelve fifteen years have been filled with shows like Two and a Half Men and Grey's Anatomy and Big Love Mad Men and things like that Social Network the movie Social Network and so you know I've been very fortunate but uh, yeah it's continued for me yeah so um, um, one of the shows I liked a lot that apparently you were on at least once maybe more was the, the show Monk. Yeah, I did one episode of Monk. Tony Shalhoub yeah. was uh, just another great guy, and I'm always a thrill to work with these because I'm I'm <laughs> fans of a lot. You know, working with Adam Sandler on You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Yeah, you know, it was all cool. And so with like Tony Shalhoub, they were big fans of my two sons. You know, and uh-huh. so you know you, they they are very, very wowed. And, you know that that I'm here working on their show, and you know I'm. Doubly wowed to be there working with them, so it, it's it's always nice when that kind of mutual uh, affection breaks out. <laughs> it's fun. Yes. So, um, as an adult, 
when you're not busy being in show business, what kinds of things do you do? Well, uh, you know, again, I wrote a book, The Importance of Being Earning. I'm working on another book. Uh, I've always oh. written. You know, I like to write. Uh, yeah. I've written some screenplays, and some have been produced, some have not. Um, so I'm working on that, and I am a musician. I like, you know, my wife and I have uh, kind of played around with our little family band for years, and so we we do that on occasion. Um, What's the name of your I've, band? Uh, it's something really offbeat called. It's called the Livingstons. The Livingstons. And <laughs> yeah. uh, do you ever go? Do you ever perform for yeah. people? Yeah. And where, oh, yeah. where can they find you? Uh, well, we usually don't tour, but we usually play here in L.A. There's a, a place that we kind of do a, a regular gig there, uh, you know, a few times a year now. We don't do as much as we used to, but a, a place called Genghis Cohen. Uh, it's in Hollywood, and it's yeah, a very cool little club. All kinds of people play, play so, there. Yeah, so if people wanted to know when you were going to be playing at Genghis Cohen, uh-huh. that's, I mean, at the living... I'm getting confused. The Livingston is the, Livingston, the name of your band. That's the name, that's the name yeah. of the band. Yeah, I think we're going to maybe do something, you know, maybe towards the end of the year, maybe November, December, or something like that. Uh, so so if, been, if, if people wanted to, to see you and hear you, how could they find out? Is there a well, number they can call? Or? Yeah, just, you, you use the internet and type in Genghis Cohen, and uh, I'm sure something will come up in Los Angeles, and they they have usually a calendar of events, that would probably be the best way to, to kind of keep track of that. Okay. And the, the screenplays that you've written, mm-hmm. some of them have, have any of them been produced? Um, you know, not in any, not distributed. So a lot get produced. Sometimes yeah. They never see the light of day. Uh, I yeah. actually wrote something called Vampirates, which looked like it was going to go, but they got developed with Stan Lee. Stan yeah. Lee is famous for, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men and all that. Got bought, never got made. Uh, a few other things. Um, you know, it's a tough business to make make a living at, and uh, you know that's why I feel so fortunate that I've been able to continue in it. Yeah. Do you enjoy writing the screenplays? Um, I did. I, I found it actually to be a little more enjoyable writing my autobiography than a screenplay because I, I knew and didn't have to make anything up. You know, I just woke up every day, go to the computer, and go, okay, what happened next, and. Uh, Tried to write, you know, what what occurred in my life, either personally in my family or something professionally that seemed to to move my career forward and and brought me to the career that I have today. And and you know, when I started it, probably a couple of years ago, I uh, I was in a good place. I mean, I just felt like the circle had come around. I had just finished yes. the social network. The social network was nominated for best picture and. One, I don't know, two or three Academy Awards, something like that. And, and, uh, yeah, I felt like, wow, you know, I, I, I started big, you know, My Three Sons was huge and had some, a lot of other successful shows that I worked on. And, and, you know, then there was a dip in my fortunes, but it's about how you deal with adversity. And I, uh, tried to handle it the best as I could. Obviously, there was drugs involved in the seventies for me and things that demons that I had to sort of, you know, get, get hold of and get control of and, too much partying, yeah. and um, you know that that's that's just life. And um, yes. you know, hopefully, you don't you don't fall victim to things that you you know can see a light and get get out of it before it's too self destructive. Uh, but then my career, right. you know, eventually 
I tell you, when I lost my hair is, I think, when my career became, I became a different look in casting and producers see me as something other than just an old version of Ernie. You know, I look yes. more like a lawyer, doctor, accountant, yes. you know, and there's a lot of different kind of roles like that in film and TV. So that, that, that really yeah, is, you know, it's to your advantage. It's, it's, yeah. it, it, seemed like a, it seemed like a drawback at first, uh, you know, and then, um, yeah. you know, as it turned out, it was good. Yes. We're going to take another minute uh, break. So we'll come back in about a minute. All right. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, and I'm with my guest, Barry Livingston, who was um, one of my three sons, among many other shows. So, uh, Barry, we were talking about things, and then I, I noticed in some information I have from you, um, somewhere in the uh, 70s, I believe, uh, you turned to drugs. And uh, tell me about that part of your life. How, did that get in the way of your acting, or or what? Well, it's you know, I mean, it didn't turn to drugs. I, it just the seventies and the sixties. If you're growing up on, you know, certainly in L.A. and New York, maybe it wasn't so much so in the Midwest, but probably more than most people would realize or admit. Yeah, were a part of the the, the lifestyle. It was the you know, it's coming out of the sixties and the hippies, and people yeah. were smoking pot, and, and that evolved into cocaine and. And if you were in any kind of uh, entertainment industry, particularly in the entertainment industry, it seemed like that became almost like a part of the membership. You know, if you weren't doing that, you were you were old school. So you know that was a terrible message, unfortunately. But that yeah. that was the pressure that sometimes 
you were facing if you were going to a yeah. party and things. And so, but, you know, being a young man and adventurous and curious, you, you, you know, you, you taste those kind of things. That's just the way it, it works sometimes. And, uh, so, so during that time, so during that time of your life, did you have fewer, um, gigs as an actor? Well, you know, it, it's an odd thing. And I'm not saying that that might not have, uh, might have been different had I not done that. I honestly don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think I, I just went through a period where the, the industry had changed. The kind of television programming that was happening at that point maybe was was something that was more focused on older people. Frankly, I mean, today everything is so youth oriented. But if you if you recall back, yeah. the seventies and eighties really were focused on nighttime soap operas like Knott's Landing, Dallas, and yes. Dynasty, and and. That's that's the, what I would hear from my agent anyway. He would just go, "There's just not that much work out there for for the really you know younger people." And you know, I still was early twenties, mid twenties, and probably looked younger than that. And you know, today it's almost the opposite. <laughs> it's, everything is so skews, so youth oriented. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I, no doubt, you know, drugs it's, it, it it can be debilitating. And if anything. You know, I, maybe I wasn't coming in as sharp as I could have had I not been partying the night before when I did have auditions. So, you know, to, to be completely frank about it, uh, yeah, I think so. But I, I honestly, in yeah. some ways, go, the, the world changed. And, and I, you know, had to find my, my new identity, my, who I was within this, this whole new professional world that was changing. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's... It was an experience, and one I honestly, it seemed like it went on forever. You know, when I talk about it in my book, I mean, I think that's that. You know, the good and the bad is what makes who you are. And and um, when you get to the my ripe old age of fifty eight, uh, you know, you look back and you go, well, you know, I had adversity, and this is how I dealt with it. And yeah. you know, no life goes through, you know, one one just upward trajectory, and everything works perfectly. There's something to to challenge everybody, and. Uh, yeah, luckily, I met a great woman too, and that that certainly was a, a stabilizing event in my life. So, yeah. What, what is uh, what is your wife's uh, name? Uh, her name's Karen. And how long have the two of you been married? Thirty years. Well, we we met in eighty. We'll be thirty years next year, but we've been together since eighty. And how did you meet the two of you? <laughs> we had a really crazy meeting. We met at a bar, <laughs> which is not so crazy. Yeah. But within the first fifteen minutes, we left to go somewhere else that was quieter. And we stumbled across this girl out front who had slashed her wrists. And it was a crazy story. It'd be too wow. crazy. But, yeah, it was weird. It was a life-and-death situation we stumbled onto. And, and the girl was still breathing. And uh, But uh, I did. Guess she did. Well, wait a second. So the two of you helped save this woman's life? Yeah, yeah. Well, more like my wife did. She was in medical school, and she gave her CPR. My My contribution was... And this is 1980, mind you. So there was no yeah. there was no cell phones to whip out. It wasn't even exactly. a 911 network. You had to run back. I ran back inside of the the club, you know, and they did one of those. Is there a doctor in the house? Messages, uh, you know, please come to the front. And you know, doctor did come out, and um, and they called an ambulance. And but yeah, I think we in our, in our first half an hour we were in a, we were in crisis mode. Uh, yes. So yeah, I realized uh, at that point I said, well, you know, she's got. Got some pretty nice handy skills here, so you can save lives. Maybe this is somebody uh, might be a keeper. Yes. So, uh, how long did it take for the two of you to be deeply in love and wanting to get married? Oh, about fifteen minutes. Um, really? That's cool. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, no, it, it, honestly, it was a wild 24 hours because the next day uh, I, we had a family kind of gathering that was already scheduled to go to Disneyland. So yeah. uh, you, you can imagine, you know, the night before a meeting, saving a life, the next night we're, you know, I invited her to go with me and we went to Disneyland. <laughs> it was like, wow, what a, what a head-spinning 24 hours it was. But uh, yeah. it was great. So how many days or months or weeks, whatever, after you first met, did you guys get married? We got married um, in 1983, February of 83. So it was about, you know, two, two three years. And then we uh, we waited to have kids about another three or four or five years. So, um, How yeah, many kids know, do you have now? I got two. One's 23 and one's 20. Are they a boy, a boy and a girl or both boys yeah, or what? Yeah, a boy and girl. Yeah, boy and Spencer and daughter's Haley. Uh-huh. And do they uh, have any aspirations to be in show business? Yeah, my son is actually uh, working as a musician. He uh, has a, uh, a solo album that he's working on, and he has a band called The Alternates. Uh-huh. And if you interested, you can find him on, on YouTube, just like anything and everything. Uh, the Alternates. Okay. The Alternates. Does he, yeah. does he live in L.A.? Uh, yeah, he's in L.A., and he's, he's a great songwriter, has a terrific voice, and he's got oh, a... Good. Finishing up a solo album, which you know, fantastic, real cool, yeah, great. And what does your daughter do? She uh, she's a, a dispatch dispatcher for uh, a company called Life Alert that you know help uh, fallen and can't get up those people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so she's you know she's still kind of deciding whether or not she's going to go back to school or not. But uh, uh-huh. she's, she's very happy with that at the moment. Good. And you mentioned your uh, wife was in medical school. Did she become a doctor? She is a physical therapist by trade, so... Um, I see. Yeah. And uh, is she into show business at all, or is she into the, the doings of all. your kind of... Not you know. at all, which is, that's been, I think, a great thing for us as a couple. But, you know, you have some some something to talk about other than casting directors and projects and directors yes. and people you like and people you don't like and it, you know it gets boring it gets pretty old quick yeah. and so, uh, so yeah I'm yeah. very happy <laughs> it sounds like uh, you have a good marriage with your wife and that you'll probably stay together till death do you part well let's hope so you know <laughs> so yeah and a lot of um, show business people don't get that they don't get to be with someone yeah for the end well, yeah yeah, in life too, you know, not just in show business. People hear about it more about people in show business, but uh, yeah. I don't know what the divorce rate is now in, in our society. But uh, but it's probably more prominent. Yeah. It, it, this this business presents such challenges for people to stay together. You know, yes. when you're in a lifestyle that takes you halfway around the world for months on end, and then the other person goes in the opposite direction. Say if they're both, you know. Right. It's, it's tough. It's a strain, you know. And yes. Sure people know that that aren't in show business. Yes. Well, it's time for the last break. Uh, we'll be back in about a minute. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. 
DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. My guest today is Barry Livingston who's an actor starting age five and still an actor age 58. And he was one of the main characters in um, uh, My Three Sons. So, uh, Barry, you mentioned that you have some books coming out and some other information. Tell us all about it so we can know where to find these things. Well, you know, everything that we just talked about, my, my beginnings in show business and all the people that I've met through Lucille Ball and Jerry Lewis and Debbie Reynolds and Fred McMurray, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote a book, an autobiography called The Importance of Being Ernie. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's fun. I mean, you know, you can find out about it and buy it at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And there's a website, too, The Importance of Being Ernie.com. Which has links to those websites, but there's you know you want to learn more about okay. the book. And uh, so with so with that yeah, book, yeah. before we go to the other things, so with that yeah. book, was it pleasurable for you writing the writing the book? Extremely, you know, and I, I think that comes through. I, I think uh, you know I, I sat down not wondering, you know, wondering really whether I could do it. I didn't know, you know, I've only written scripts before, but I, I, I you know like to write, so I thought, well, yeah. I'll, I'll take a shot at it. And uh, well, I was, you know, I just found it to be very, very fun to look back and look, you know, just revisit all the memories of the people that I, that I worked with from Elvis Presley through, like I say, Mickey Rooney and all the, you know, a lot of the times that I spent on the My Three Sunset and then I try to go into my life in, you know, in, in quite detail over, you know, the, the ups yeah. and downs of what fame is like for a child star after the fame is gone and then yeah. rebuilding my life to have a career that I have today. And, uh, very fortunate to have done some very great projects, and yeah. one's coming up actually next month. I've got two films that are coming out on the same day. Is uh, Argo, which Argo is a, a film with Ben Affleck. Uh, uh-huh. uh, actually, just uh, has been at a couple of uh, Tully Ride and and a couple other uh, film festivals, just getting absolutely rave reviews, and their the Oscar buzz is beginning. Uh, but uh-huh. you'll you know, it's a big Warner Brothers film, so there'll be a plenty of publicity about it. I think it comes out October twelfth. Then I did. Yeah, matter of fact, I think I saw it this morning in the LA Times. There was an article on it, I believe. 
Oh, really? I'll have to pick that yeah. up. Um, so that's no, the Argo. What's the What's the other film? Uh, the other film is called Fun Size. It's uh, more of a Halloween kind of family film coming out on. Uh, they both come out on October 12th, strangely enough. So, oh, really? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, going back to your book for a minute. Um, how long did it take you to write it, and how many pages are in the book? Uh, it took me probably, I'd say, about a year. You know, I knocked off for a few months. I did a, got involved in a kitchen renovation that took up a lot of time. Uh, and the, it's about 288 pages, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, lots, lots of pictures, you know, some some of the from my three sons' era, some of the other shows that uh, that I've been in, some you know, with uh, family shots. Um, yes. it, you know, Kensington Press Citadel actually is uh, the imprint on their on their company, and, and Citadel Press is who put it out, and they did a great job. They did a fantastic job just putting together a real, real nice package. Um, so I'm I'm very yes. happy with it, and um, it's gotten. You know, if you look it up on Amazon.com, you can read the reviews, and I think I've got four and a half stars out of five. So that's, that's very good. good. Yeah. And are you currently in any? Um, is there some movie you're partly you know, I'm, involved I'm with now? Shoot, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia at the end of the week. And yeah. uh, I did an episode of Major Crimes, and I think that airs in October sometime. And I did another. Thing for a Hallmark, done a bunch of Hallmark movies, which they're, they're great people. The Hallmark Channel called Two In, uh-huh. out sometime next year. Um, Mistresses, Mistresses is, a, is an ABC show that I think is scheduled for for summer of next year. So that's way way ahead. So um, yeah, I've been pretty busy this year, and you know that's great. So uh, in recent years, how many movies and or TV shows are you in a year? Would you say? Uh, you know, it varies, but I'd say it looks like about seven or eight projects a year. I mean, that's some, you know, sometimes there's two, sometimes there's ten. Uh, this year has actually been, been very busy. You know, um, it's, it's, I don't know whether it's just the accumulation of being seen a lot, you know, and, and sometimes now, you know, you do something and it just shows all over. It's either on a cable network or a internet or YouTube or Hulu. Uh, so, you know, People, people, you know, see your work yes. uh, much more frequently than they used to in the past, which which is great. Yeah. So I get the impression you'd rather work a lot than work a little, even if you were a millionaire. You still like to do this kind of stuff, right? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be one of those old geezers. I'm gonna be William Prawley. You know, I'm gonna be 85 years old and you know collapse in front of Musso Franks on, on Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. You know, I, I don't want to. Uh, you know, as long as I can remember my lines and uh, hit my marks, I'm going to keep doing it because I I love studios. I love the idea of socializing with younger actors and and directors and writers and, and yeah, keeping keeping current on what's happening. And um, you know, to me, that's very exciting. So for you, uh, being in the business has been a wonderful experience. You know, it's been overall. A very positive experience. I've got a great life. I mean, I've got two wonderful kids, great wife, yeah, um, a nice house that I've managed to hold on to through the good times and bad, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I've got my health, and that's you know, honestly, that's that's the key to everything. Yeah. Do you uh, exercise so, regularly? I do. Went to the gym this morning. No, you go to the gym? Uh, I, I probably exercise too much to a fault where I. I think, you know, well, in my uh, my older age here, i got to lay off a little because you start injuring yourself more than helping. Yeah. So uh, 
Because in the picture I see of you here, you look lean and trim. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like to, uh, my uncle got me into yoga years and years ago, like in the 60s. So I've been yes. doing that for 40 or 50 years, and uh, and I do like to exercise. I just feel better. You know, I like, I like going to the gym, belong to the YMCA, and, you know, and I uh, yeah. go up there, if I can, almost every day. But, you know, again, I, I try to I try to do too much. You know, it's probably yeah. just my nature to push it too hard. So I'm, I'm learning to yeah. ease off and recover. <laughs> so when you're out and about, do uh, people come up and recognize you from your childhood uh, shows? Sometimes, you know, people in L.A. are pretty laid back and kind of reserved. And if, even if they did, they, you know, they probably, you know, they wouldn't let on that they recognized you. Uh, yeah. you when you go to, you know, other places, sometimes a little, little, little less, you know, snooty is L.A. or New York. Uh, people uh-huh. are much more open about <laughs> the fact that they that they know you <laughs> and enjoyed your work. And, and, and it's fine. You know, I, I mean, I... I've come to grips with the fact that I'm going to be already in people's minds. I'm, I'm grateful that producers and other people can get past that and see me as other air, you know, other kind of yeah. characters. But, but you know, the vast majority of people in America, particularly my age, recognize and love my three sons. So, you know, yes, that's cool. So when people see you as the uh, as the entertainer. Um, do they ever ask for you for your autograph or want to want to chat with you a while? Yeah, that's pretty standard, you know. I mean, uh, they'll, uh, you know, if they recognize you, and it's, I guess, it just means they probably go home and tell people, you know, they ran into yeah. Ernie today, and look, here, here's proof I've got his signature. So, uh, yeah, that's that's standard, and you know, yeah. you just it's, it's fine. I mean, it's it's, it's almost, um, you know. If it didn't happen, I'd be surprised, probably. So when these people want to take up some of your time, it uh, sounds like you're very willing and uh, 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 friendly about the whole thing. You know, yeah, there's there's a time and place for everything, but yeah. for the most part, uh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's something you, you know, you, you do need your privacy, but yes. I, I, I fully acknowledge the fact that I'm a public Person and and you have to go. That's part of what comes along with being a, a, an actor is, and you're asking people to like you, and you're asking people to to support you by coming to your movies or watching your shows. So I think you'd be doing yourself and and the people that like you a, a big disservice if you you know if you ran in the opposite direction or, or you know didn't have the time to to you know stop and shake somebody's hand. That yes. I mean it's the greatest icebreaker yeah. in the world when you go to a party and, and you know. How many places can you go where people, absolute strangers, throw their arms around you because they're happy to see you? You know that, yes, that's, that's happens really in the real world. Yeah, and do you and your brother stay in touch a lot? Yeah, sure. You know, um, we lost unfortunately Don Grady this year, who was the oldest son of my three sons. Um, uh-huh. Died, uh, you know, very young, unfortunately, sixty-eight. Um, oh my, yeah. Yeah, but I do see my brother Stan, who was Chip, and I see Tim Considine. I just saw them this weekend. In fact who played uh-huh. the original oldest son, Mike. Uh, and I see some of the other people, Tina Cole, who's Katie on Sons, and the little girl, uh-huh. Don Lynn. Um, but, the, you know, McMurray has passed on, William Prawley, William Demarest, you know, Beverly Garland. They were all key adult players on that show, and, um, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the only ones left. Yes. So um, when you 
when you spent time at a regular school, what high school did you go to? Uh, well, you know, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley here out in in, uh, in Hollywood, and yeah. uh, went to North Hollywood High. Oh, good yeah, for that you. Was, that's, yeah. that's my alma mater. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I think it's time for us to stop. I'm getting a signal here. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for for being a guest today. I'm glad it worked out. Appreciate it yeah, so me much. Me too. I really enjoyed knowing about you. It's fun to know about you as the break, the regular person as opposed well, to just the TV guy. So I've I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, visiting with you. Learn more in my book, The Importance of Being Ernie, and uh, I yes. really appreciate your letting me put that out to people. And, uh, yes. And a fun hour. Appreciate it. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much for being with me. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.